0: What it do, DMV. It's another beautiful Friday here in the DMV. It is episode 83 of Chirping DMV. How many times can I say DMV in the first 30 seconds? Fuck. Jay Beagle Bobcat. episode. Jay Beagle episode. Jeez, there it is. So me and the Bobcat again coming to you as always, getting you ready for the big week in the head, getting you ready for the big Friday night ahead. Before we get into all that, Bobcat, what's up? What's going on? You got any plans this weekend?
1: Uh. Phew. Man, I don't know. We were supposed to have a polar vortex, but it was stupid nice out today. Maybe I'll squeak in. Today was uh, beautiful. Maybe I'll squeak in 18, but hopefully watching that McGregor fight.
0: Yeah, I was about to say McGregor fight Saturday night. Um, put all the money in the world on McGregor to slap Poirier in the nose. I'm a big Poirier guy. I'm a big Poirier guy, though. I love the time, and he's a great kid. But, yeah, um, yeah. doing some moving. Moving from house to house. Good times. Fun. Literally, like, 10 Street Sound. Whatever. So, we got some hockey to talk. Well, t- t- I guess, you know, if you listen to both these episodes, I don't, uh, I'm sure we have fans that only listen to the Friday episodes, fans that only listen to Tuesday episodes, and I bet there's a good crossover, too. But um, the Caps news kind of sucked today to go off topic of local hockey for just a Yeah,
1: I mean, we can't not talk about it. It's Thursday when we're recording. Um, Talking of the town, obviously. Ovi, Kuzi, Orlov out for four games. Samsonov out. Um, yeah. And definitely right now, I guess, with him popping positive He's the only he one has COVID. yeah yeah this is this is um, a day late for uh ben's uh recaps i'm sure he would have had a, a great combo with himself and the spark yeah. on that but yeah who the I, I blame i'm gonna trace this all back to rob manford and blame major league baseball <laughs> they, they just <laughs> gave everybody baseball, they man. told everyone they're like hey you know what like we trust you you know make the right decisions and then their season got all blown up because dudes were going out to dinner and being yeah. idiots. So the NHL yeah. has to be ultra, ultra. I get it. Distracted. Rules are rules, but in terms of the rules being
0: the rules that they are where you can't hang out in a hotel room, but you can fuck around on the bench and do this, that and the other's just kinda of like, huh?
1: What? Yeah, what I I think I tweeted today? I was like, wait till they find out that they all shower together. Yeah, wait <laughs> till they find they all shower together. Well, I mean, I guess
0: we could tie the go back into um back into some local puck too because it's just like now it's just like you see governor hogan we don't talk politics to everybody he's trying to push everybody back into schools in maryland like starting asap
1: i've i, I don't even know I, which I, turns I, into like i guess if you're in school you can play hockey right i dude i don't know i don't I, Marshawn lynch has played hockey more recently than i have just see that video of yeah. him skating around yesterday yeah he was buzzing a bit i was just bitching to you i keep looking at new gear i, he's just I don't like, even know fighting? what i'm gonna play again yeah, I know. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm on sideline at, swap all the time. Yeah, I'm going to buy some new skates to sit in my garage.
0: Okay. Shout out to the Wombats. We have a game in two minutes right across the street at Capitals, Arlington Iceplex, whatever the hell you what they call it now. Uh, let's start getting some hockey. Let's start with some Team Maryland EHL. We're going to do some junior talk first. We have two interviews today. Hunter McCoy, leading goal scorer for the Maryland Black Bears, and we also have Miles Gunty, a Brown commit, both Brown commits, um, that's why we have them both on a Brown episode, a big brain episode, I guess you could say. Yeah.
1: Bob. Big brain, uh, the, the term that we threw around a lot, academic weapons. Academic weapons, yeah.
0: Academic weapons with nails for mustaches. Yeah, nails. <laughs> that was the
1: funniest part. My dad thinks it's nails. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Great, great conversation. Some fun guys to talk to. But, yeah, Team Maryland, we haven't talked about them yet. Um, they're in the Eastern Hockey League, and right now they're sitting in second place um behind the new jersey 87s who are you can just say 1b because nobody's going to catch them yeah yeah 21 1 and 2 for new jersey and then team maryland's points in, yeah, team maryland's <laughs> in second place with 28 points um well nine and four yeah <laughs> since the new year i think they've split both weekends that they've come back and played all their games are competitive for the most part i think they had one game that they lost by five or six but other than that all their games are one two goal games it looks like so um I mean, hopefully they continue to finish the season strong, but they gotta stop the uh one and one, one and one, one and one. I think they're four and six in their last ten. They've gotta win over those eighty-sevens. One of the two O T losses. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So definitely Five, four
0: back in November.
1: I mean, they might not catch them in the standings, but if they you know they get confidence after beating them in the regular season, who knows? It's a whole new season. For sure. So let's go over their most recent
0: games. A week ago, Friday, it was Team Maryland versus the Little Flyers. Philly Little Flyers out of Ice World. Uh, scoring summary first period, Cameron Setow Sintou- Setkowski. Even strength. He gets on the board. Team Maryland up one-nothing. Philly would then go to score the lone goal in the second and one right the, right in the jump of the third. They to go up two one. Team Maryland strikes back at 1855 uh, and into the clock. So about what, a minute, five seconds left there. It's Roy, Roy Gresham. Uh, He makes it a 2 2 game, and then they go
1: to a shootout. Lost the first game and then won in overtime uh, Wednesday. They play the Little Flyers again. Uh, So, yeah, what do they? We said we lost in a shootout game one. Yeah, one goal scored there, and
0: that was it, it looks like, for the website. Kind of crazy.
1: So, game two uh, against Philadelphia, same week. Philly went up two rip in the first. Um, Team Maryland scored two quick ones, um, 20 seconds apart in the second. Did Uh, he start Pinko? Yeah, two goals in 20 seconds. Yeah. Arkhead Pico? He's Latvian, I think. No, Ukrainian. He's Ukrainian. Ukrainian. (laughs) And then Maryland uh, let off the gas a little bit. Philly scored. Connor Ball scores for Maryland. Philly scores again. Only goal in the third was Patrick Nowak. And then Bobby Greer wins it. Is that a second left in the third period? Tie it? That looks like it. A second left. We got to check the tape. We got to check the tape. Assisted by Evan Donnelly,
0: Smalding, Kitt, yeah. captain a couple of years back.
1: Yeah, Bobby Geyer with the OT winner, too. So, uh, yeah, that's a good good couple of games. I mean, get points out of both of them. So, I guess the the split isn't the worst-case scenario. But uh, good things going on for Team Maryland. They just recently had a commit, too, didn't they?
0: Yeah, Cooks, Cookson, right? Their third-leading goal scorer, 19, 13, 22 points in 24 games played. That's not bad, right? Yeah, the Ukrainian,
1: Yeah, 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 Arcadia. <laughs> the um, the leading scorer Arkapenko or whatever, the Ukrainian kid, yeah. he's got what, twenty-seven points, twenty-five yeah. games. Bobby Guyer, twenty-five and twenty-six. Cookston, twenty-two points and twenty-four games. So yeah, uh, good things going on for Team Maryland. Hopefully they can start to pull away a little bit in second place and hopefully uh, see New Jersey in the playoffs. Yes, yeah, fucking see what happens. I mean they beat him once, one of their three losses, I guess.
0: Um, so there it is guys, team Maryland, the EHL. EHL, let's keep it in Maryland. Start talking a little bit of black bears here. All right. So the black bears, since we last talked, they played the main Nordiques three times. And this is a team, like we said last week, that was what, four or five points ahead of them uh, with a bunch of big games coming up. So last Thursday, we'll start with that one. Black bears, get those two points. They needed five, one win, um, two goals in the first by Tanner Rowe and our guy coming up here soon, Hunter McCoy. And then the third period, You saw Hunter McCoy again, Brian Huggins, and Jack Brackett, and it's a 5-1 win, and they needed that. That's two points closer in the standings.
1: Two points for the Black Bears, three points for our boy Hunter there, a little uh, chirping bump, and then a big win for Mike Morelli in net. Uh, They went right back the next day, played Maine again, and unfortunately lost that one in overtime. Um, I think our boy Hunter McCoy scored again. Josh Nixon had a goal, um, and then Morelli played another back-to-back game against them played well in both it looks like at least stat wise um and then they played today the 21st or yesterday by the yeah. time you guys hear this another extra innings game with the main nordiques um black bears fall short they do get another point in the standings but not gaining any ground on the nordiques who again are the, the team ahead of them um goals today from cam Godet. And Aiden McDowell and Morelli playing uh, three straight for the Black Bears. So Bingo. Hunter McClor on the scoreboard again, too. Assists on that first goal, secondary. I get hey, chirp and bump, that's a thing. Chirp and bump. But um so today,
0: Friday is their fourth game in a row against Maine. Um, Maine's got 31 points right now. The Black Bears have 25. Maine is three games ahead of them played. So that's a nice little cushion to have there. Um, but looking at that, that second place team at Johnstown is at 18 games played, so They got a two game pushing on Maryland, both teams tied at 25. You got to think Maryland needs these two points. It makes it a four point contest instead of a eight point con- nine point contest. They've got to finish.
1: They've got to finish in 60 minutes. They've got five games, um, that they've lost collectively, uh, either in shootouts or overtime that, that five points is, you know, puts them one behind Maine. So hopefully yeah. they figure out the, uh, the uh, Capitals. Maybe it's just a DMV thing, not being able to finish in sixty. But you know they're having a good year still. So I don't want to knock them too hard, but got to start closing teams out in sixty and not giving up points.
0: Yeah, I mean points are nice and all when you're in a playoff race and you're collecting points, but not when they're not when that one point is coming against the team that's in front of you while they're taking both out. Yeah, it doesn't. I
1: mean, mean. It, it, it's better than getting two old, obviously. Yeah. A lateral movement, perhaps not necessarily making any ground though. And then Johnstown actually is tied um, points wise with Maryland and two games less. Yeah, So, um, you know, I think, I think our guys are going to do all right. They just signed or brought in three new kids. I think um, all imports now that they're figuring visas and stuff out. So hopefully a little jolt. I don't know um, if they necessarily, Need a kick in the ass or anything, but some fresh blood to to shake things up.
0: Figuring it out. I mean, you got to get the two points today, and then after that, it's a two game swing versus Danbury, who they've lost to. Uh, they've only played twice a season, but lost two to one and five to three in that October twenty third and twenty fourth um, matchup there. So you got you got Danbury coming up, and then you got four straight versus Johnstown, and then you're right back at Danbury. So you got eight tough games coming up. Obviously, it's only playing in division,
1: but stuff. Yeah, it's I mean tough. you can't you can't take uh, the games for granted. It looks like Danbury is way behind in games played, so hopefully not taking them lightly and still able to pick up uh, four points there. Hopefully,
0: love it, love it. So there it is, a little Black Bears update. So let's kick it over to their leading goal scorer himself, Hunter McCoy. <laughs> All right, guys, we now welcome on an awesome guest. He's a forward for the Maryland Black Bears right now. And actually, they're leading leading the team in points as we speak in just his rookie season. Hunter McCoy, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. For sure, man. So let's talk some Black Bears first, 10-5, 3-1 through 19 games and third in the East. You're just five points behind Maine. Uh, with three games in hand actually, but you got, you guys got a big, uh, weekend against them or I should say Thursday, Friday, we're recording Wednesday night guys. So when you hear this, it's Friday morning, but how important is this series for you guys to try to get all four points and really close the gap on them, try to get first place in that East division?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's an eight point swing. Uh, you know, if we can pick up four points here and, you know, kind of keep them from getting any, I know last weekend we got three out of four, but, um, you know, I think we match up well against them and I think we've actually matched up pretty well against every team in our division. Um, I just think, you know, we're, uh, since the break, we've been playing pretty well, uh, in our system and obviously that one game in New Jersey got away from us, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I think, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's just going to be one game at a time and, uh, obviously different, different setup with, uh, playing at 12, um, tomorrow and then again on Friday. So, yeah, I mean, um, obviously it's pretty tight in our division right now, especially between us, Maine and Johnstown and in New Jersey. Can definitely do some damage too. So uh, you obviously got to win every game in your division, uh, especially when you play every single team, uh, probably eight times. So yeah, uh, it'll be big.
0: So, I mean, you guys are kind of streaky. So looking at the schedule here, pretty much between every week and series, you guys go on this year. There's only been three of them where you've split. So you're either winning both or losing both. I feel like a lot of luckily guys have been on the winning end, the majority of them, but um, what is it that kind of either gets you guys playing at such a high level every weekend or kind of where you find yourselves trying to hit that stride and, you know, slightly end up dropping both.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you saw it last week. And like when we play within our system, there's not a lot of teams that can hang around right. with us just uh, with the talent we have. And sometimes we can kind of stray away from that. And, and that, uh, that, that happens a lot in, in every level of junior hockey. Um, I mean, before college, you know, anyone can win on any night. And I think I've seen it on both ends where you're on a top team and when you're not on a top team. And, um, you know, it's guys who don't have a lot to lose. You know, you come out and, yeah. and you got a lot of guys who are at a pretty pretty high level, especially this year where uh, teams are getting guys back from the USHL, BCHL, college. And, um, you know, every every team's good in our division. Uh, so I think, you know, you see teams, if if you don't come and bring it one night, you're not going to win. You know, teams are going to take it to you. It's hard to, to get by um, and, you know, not, not come out and perform. If you don't perform uh, 90% of the time, teams are going to take advantage of it and then they're going to put you away the same way we do to teams when, when they don't come out and bring it. So,
1: so you've played in a bunch of different leagues. I know you were talking about uh, teams are getting guys back from different leagues. You've played in the British Columbia league, NCDC North American hockey league now. Um, what are the, you know, the the biggest differences or or contrast between the games, between the leagues? Is there more physicality or more skill? Or, I mean, you've played at three super high junior levels in North America.
2: Yeah. Uh, obviously when I played in the NCDC, I was only 17. I think I just turned seven. I was actually 16 at the beginning of the year and there was no limit on age out. So, I mean, our team, we went 53 and four and I think we had 15, 21 year olds. Yeah. not So, bad. Well, so it's, yeah, I mean, we were, the four we are losses loaded. are when
0: somebody I guess fucked up and forgot to show up to the game. Like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, and, and we had guys, uh, you know, Cheremeta who's at Ohio state now Pearson, who's the leading oh, yeah. scorer at Yale. And, um, we, we just had a, a deep lineup and, uh, I think at that point, um, in the NCDC it was a lot more physical just cause you had older guys on every team. And especially for me coming from prep school. Um, I mean, I was lucky enough that I was a pretty big kid, But at the same time, like it it made a huge difference. And I can even notice it this year from the BCHL. uh, When you have all these older guys, it's just a bigger, faster, stronger, stronger game when you're playing with men. Um, And then obviously my second year in the NCDC, they limited the age outs. And, you know, they're trying to get uh, the higher end, younger guys who who couldn't really make the USHL. And uh, they did a pretty good job. But again, like the league it's really top heavy. Um, I know my first year and my second year too, it was kind of us, the junior Bruins and the hitmen where you see, you know, 10 to 12 commits and the teams, the teams could compete in the BCHL the all, and probably be a lower end USHL team. Uh, but then there's a pretty big fall off, uh, going to the BCHL, definitely very high skill, high, high octane offense. Uh, there's, a lot of run and gun, and you see a lot of D-men, especially, uh, like Akito Hirose, um, and Jake Livingstone, who I played with. Both of them are at Minnesota State. Uh, there's just guys who can just wheel the puck. Um, obviously, you have guys like Kent Johnson, probably going to be a top three pick this year, um, who, who just play with h- such high skill. And I don't want to say there's no physicality, because you do get some WHL guys in there, and you get some big guys who can fight and they can hit. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a really good league, especially for me where, uh, the biggest thing I needed to work on was just playing with pace and playing with speed, um, being a bigger guy and going up there, I think, uh, you know, definitely translated well this year where, you know, everything I've kind of done has been, you know, I, I feel like it's at a good pace and I feel like I can kind of control the pace of the game just cause, uh, I'm used to going fast now. Right. and. Um, up, more and up and then,
0: down than it is just kind of jumping it up and working on systems you, you can kind of let it go a bit
2: yeah absolutely it's more up and down and um, I just think you, you have less time with the puck but at the same time when you when you have the puck it just feels like you're always in a scoring chance up there uh, yeah. it just it's not as much uh, control in the offensive zone uh, and, and the teams who could do it were the best teams I mean Coquitlam only had seven losses last year and and those, you couldn't get the puck off their stick. I mean, they had five guys who just played well together and and they're just it tapping
0: it around, not
1: even
3: controlling
2: the damn thing. Yeah. I
1: mean, to, to touch on the physicality, I mean, you search Hunter McCoy, there's a, there's a pretty nice tilt in there from your, uh, your days in the BC.
2: Yeah. I had a, I had a couple tilts, um, couple in preseason actually with a few of the WHL guys up there. I mean, they're, I had never seen anything like it because I had uh, fought I think twice in NCDC, but you wear cages, you take them off, you get suspended. It's it, it's not the same and it's not like you get tough guys in that league, Uh, right. but you go up there and I remember like one of the first games we were playing in IMO and the kid comes across a blue line. And he's like, Oh, you want one tonight? And I'm like, <laughs> all right yeah sounds good <laughs> i'm like but they, they go up there he's unstrapping the helmet i'm like christ almighty is
0: like, <laughs> oh we <laughs> actually gotta go i can't just like shove your fucking cage in a bit here i gotta yeah
2: seriously i was like oh i guess it's a showtime but uh <laughs> yeah they they don't mind having showtime fights and and they pack the barns too it's it gets pretty electric when uh when guys go up there and uh and then obviously coming to the null i mean like i've heard the null too especially as an age out is a. Uh, uh, besides the USHL is probably the best league to play in um, mm-hmm. just because they, so many guys get committed out of here. Um, you, and especially this year more than anything with guys coming back from college. I mean, you, the USHL can only have so many age outs. So you get these older guys who've already had college experience or we're going in this year and then get USHL guys, BCHL. I mean, none of the Canada leagues are playing right now, right. Uh, whether it's the OJ, the the BC, the CC, the AJ. So um, yeah, I mean, this year I think is a different sc- scenario just cause we're the only league that's really playing all the time. And, right. um, especially in the East, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, we haven't really had too many weekend cancellations, uh, and they've done a good job keeping us going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we have a really deep roster. I know in, in practice, this is probably the best team I've been on. Um,
0: and, and yeah, I mean,
2: uh, every, every level were some guys that
0: I, really stick out. I mean, Luke mountains a stud. But uh, who are some yeah. of the guys that really stick out to you on that roster?
2: <laughs> uh, we just got the kid bracket back. I actually played with yeah. him up in the BC and power river. I mean, he, that kid can fly. Um, he, he's, he's also rounded out. He's gotten a lot stronger this year. Uh, I played him actually for the two years in the NCDC and then up, uh, in the BCHL. And like last year, he would get like three or four breakaways a game.
1: No, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, and,
2: and he's a wild card too. He's, he's hilarious off the ice, but, uh, yeah he flies um and then yeah obviously we had jarman uh big yeah. strong d man he's at he's at bu now but uh yeah so he seems was, like a he lot of a black stunt.
0: bears guys we'll be to seeing you our boy Skoog yeah. went up there last year oh yeah scoog's been lighting yeah. it off too he's uh oh, he's, he's had a he leaves the black out. bears in his first game he like gets a michigan tuck and then the next game he gets an overtime winner like all right fuck good yeah seriously
2: what a start <laughs> um yeah i mean it, clint's done a really good job too i think Clint's a great recruiter and, uh, he's, he's great at like little, little things in, in your game. And, um, you know, his expectations is always pretty high. I know like at the beginning of the year I was off to a really good start and, um, you know, we're talking to schools obviously. And Clint just was like, no, we need more out of you. Like, I don't care if you think you're doing well, you're going to do better. And, um, I mean, some guys don't like getting coached hard like that, but I, you know, obviously his, the guys he's put into college have kind of spoken for themselves i mean he uh he's done a really good job in in just three years to to put the team he has out there now and and the guys he's put in college
0: uh kind of going back to something you said a minute ago is obviously a lot of the canada teams aren't playing this year. a lot of leagues you were originally supposed to be in canada this year right playing up there, where were you you supposed to play who for
2: uh langley i was up in langley um and bobby henderson's an unbelievable coach too i loved playing for him and um uh, and he when I called him I mean I know some coaches I've had in junior hockey it's it's kind of a nightmare when you're talking to them about stuff like that they take it pretty personal but I mean even he he was like no it, it's uh it's a business and you know obviously in your last year um he's like I understand the decision I'd probably do the same thing and he's like if you're ever up here we'll grab a beer and uh you know shoot the shit he's uh he's a really good guy um And, you know, he was a guy that playing for, uh, I remember playing against Langley. They're just big guys. Uh, They have a few, we have like Brendan Booty, who's at North Dakota now, Mm -hmm. Uh, Livingstone, who was probably the best defenseman in the league last year. And, but then outside of that, you know, they get guys that are big, strong kids who just, just work hard and hit. And, uh, you know, Bobby loves that style. I think in his five years in Chilliwack, he averaged like 250 penalty minutes a year. (laughs) He he would fight like two or three times a night. So when he told you to go fight someone, you know, like all right. Yeah. Sounds good. I guess I will.
1: (laughs) So you're a, you're a new England kid, uh, you know, went to prep school, um, how did you end up coming to Maryland? I know that, like you said, there was all this, uh, transition and transactions going on between leagues on who's playing and who's not. Was it, were you kind of a free agent or did you have to get tendered or what was that process?
2: Yeah. So I, uh, so I talked to a couple, a couple of null teams called me before the drafts, like a week before. And they were like, oh, well, you know, we're still going to take it. Cause my original plan was to go back to Langley. And and you know I'm sitting and this was before all the leagues really shut down or anyone knew it was going on and um, you know I kind of talked to my dad about it and uh, my dad played at UWL and so did my brother and um, so I I talked to their coach and they had a uh, Starrett who was here last year and mm-hmm. you know I was like well what do you think of that program because I had talked to Clint the year before um, and you know he's a really good guy then um, but I was like you know like if I, if I get taken by a team and I don't want to go there, it's going to be kind of a mess. So I had called, um, Deskins and Clint and I was like, Hey, I I know I talked to you guys last year. I don't really know what's going on this year. Like, can I, can I tender here? You know, it, Mm -hmm. it'd be nice to be on the East coast and, uh, you know, obviously Maryland's a great spot, close to Annapolis, close to DC, Baltimore, oh, and yeah, it was man. before it was before we knew it was before we knew COVID and everything. And right? If you're ready fire
0: it up all around DMV,
1: <laughs> trade me right fucking no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so he's like, yeah,
2: he's like, I'll go. uh He's like, you know, obviously we're interested. We'll go watch some film, and uh, it was probably a day or two before the supplemental draft. He he texted me. He's like, yeah, we we'd like to tender you. Like, here you go. And so oh. I tendered here, and um, it to me it wasn't even a backup plan i was more like you know i didn't really want to go back to the bc to be honest being on the yeah. west coast that far away from home and
0: yeah. it's kind of 1a um, 1b at that point they they both got their pros and cons
2: yeah and so, exactly it, it doesn't um, didn't feel like
0: a backup option you know it's didn't, it didn't feel like, feel oh, like oh, a backup i have to option go here because that's all it's left it's like
1: the hockey community you don't burn bridges right like there's yeah, plenty of absolutely. kids every summer that could have been like Psh, i'm gonna go play in the bc man smell you later yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah.
2: exactly and um, yeah I never burned bridges and you know I talked to a couple of the schools that um, you know had kept in touch with me and I was just like you know what do you what do you guys think of this Uh, obviously we don't know what the in-person recruiting situation is going to be and um, I mean with cut budgets and everything in schools I was like there's there's no way they're going to be able to go out to British Columbia and watch games and obviously now they can't watch any games but Um, I mean, that was kind of my mindset then. And, you know, i had watched some of the NOL games from last year. And I mean, some guys, people talk about the BC in this, uh, you know, really higher garden and it it is a very, very good league. And, uh, but playing in it this year, I know COVID's a little different because you're getting guys back from college, but just playing in here, like every single team we play against could be any BCHL team. I, I think it's pretty neck and neck. It's, uh, two really high level leagues. And if you perform in either one, you're going to play division one. So, um, yeah, I think I made the right decision, obviously. Um, I actually, one of my other buddies who's out in Aberdeen right now, he tendered like a week before the draft too. And, uh, he actually just committed to Brown, but he was like, yeah, he's like, I, I don't think the BCHL is going to happen. He's like, I I'm going there. So I think we made the right call.
1: Been, yeah. been lucky enough to tear it up in Aberdeen, South Dakota, of all places. It's uh, yeah. a gem. But uh, so you know, big news for yourself, man. You, you were talking about it. You're talking to schools, uh, figuring out where to play this year. Um, big commitment going to Brown. Um, oh, yeah. So what? What went into that decision? Was it you know all hockey, or did you obviously want part of that Ivy League education? Or
2: yeah, um, I was talking big brain. a couple. Yeah, I was talking to a couple Ivy leagues, and um, my academic brother, weapon. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, the Caps in the back, My uh, one of my brother's really good friends is Garnett Hathaway, and uh, so he's with the Caps now, and he played yeah. at Brown. And uh, so my brother, when they reached out to me in this fall, uh, my brother talked to him, and he was like, yeah, I think it's an unbelievable spot. Um, he's like, if you can go there, I'd highly recommend it. So uh, I talked to him a little bit, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of the perfect fit. Uh, I knew I wanted to be close to home. I wanted my family to be able to go to every yeah. game. Um, you know, obviously college, playing Division One's is a, a privilege and uh, it wouldn't happen without them. So that was really important to me that they could beat every game and Brown's only about an hour and 40 from them. Unbelievable school, great program. Um, they're redoing the rank right now. And,
0: Ooh.
2: I mean, I know a couple – I know the kids I'm going in with are all really good and I know a couple of kids there now. So hopefully we can, um, you know, help the program out and, and leave it better than we found it.
0: Were there any other options? Like we talking to other schools? Like if not Brown, was there like a second runner up that you would have gone to or anything?
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you know, when Brown reached out a, a couple of the Ivies, I had been talking for a couple of years, but a couple reached out to me and, um, you know, they're, they're kind of far in areas. I kind of, you know, didn't really want to go. And, um, yeah, obviously I talked to a couple of hockey schools and, and last year out in the BC, I got off to a pretty good start and, and talked to some of the schools in the Midwest, but um, uh, for me, it, it was kind of a no brainer. I just, uh, I was talking to Jason Guerrero was the assistant there and, um, he was just a great guy. I mean, he played, he played in the knoll, he played at Northeastern and, uh, I'd heard nothing but good things about him and, and just talking to him, he just talks to you like a normal guy. And, and he just seems, uh, he obviously mm-hmm. knows his hockey stuff. He, he wouldn't have put up the right. numbers he did without it, but, uh, just talking to him and, um, you know, kind of getting familiar with the program. I, I knew it was just kind of a perfect fit for me.
1: You mentioned that your dad played college, your brother played. Um, When did you realize that hockey was a legitimate option for you? I know you went the prep school route. Did you, did you realize early on or were you a late bloomer or were you ultra focused? Were you one of those kids that just eat, breathe, sleep hockey?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I I would say I kind of, I never really thought about it as being a a legit. I always thought it it just was like the only option. It wasn't like, oh, I could actually do that. It was more like, this is all I want to do. Um, I mean, obviously just growing up, uh, I kind of just was born into it. Like I was always going to my brother's games or uh, playing floor hockey. And then um, my, uh, when my brother played juniors, we billeted three kids. So we would just constantly be playing floor hockey or NHL or, or just screwing around. So I, it's all I really wanted to do. It's all I ever really thought about. Um, it was actually funny. Like when my brother played peewee, he played with uh, Ryan Bork and uh, so Ray Bork was the coach and Steve Casper was the other coach and um, and my dad. And I used to just play floor hockey with Ray Bork and, and never really thought about it. Like we right. just played at the rink and I never really knew who he was or anything. And, Chris and now Bork, for Hershey myself. Bear
1: legend. Yeah, Oh well, yeah.
2: I mean, I, I look back at it now and I'm like, uh, you know, not many kids got to do that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. And then obviously, you know, my brother having a lot of success with hockey too, um, going a little, going to the frozen four and stuff like that. It was just something I always grew up around and, you know, I just wanted to do it when I grew up, you know, I wanted to do everything he did and, um, it it was awesome. It's, uh, it's given me a lot and,
0: um, you know, I'm obviously
2: really lucky I get to keep playing it in college.
0: Love it. So we'll, we'll bring it back to the black bears here as we wrap it up. You just got named East division all-star of the week, three tucks and an apple in two games uh, the other weekend. So that's not too bad, but, uh, how much of that do you attribute to the handlebar muzzy? And what's the story behind rocking that bad boy? Cause I mean, a couple of the picks lately, I, it's, it's gone now it's gone now, but you're rocking that thing for a while there.
2: Yeah. Uh, obviously I grew it out for November. Um, but when, once I grew it out, I, I kind of started going on a point
0: streaks. So I had to keep right. it like half,
2: had to keep it like halfway through December. And then, uh, You know, I was going home from break and uh, FaceTimes
0: you you and bitches uh, you out. Yeah,
2: obviously, obviously, yeah, girls, girls weren't too big of fans of it. I (laughs) thought it looked unbelievable. Uh, The boys loved it. My dad loves when I grow it. My dad thinks it looks nail. So, um, yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) it's It's gone now. I had a mustache the whole time I played and never scored. So I probably should have changed. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll make an appearance in playoffs for sure
0: love it love it so but 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 put it on an actual standpoint like what is it that's been working for you i mean you've been on a bit of a heater lately i mean have you guys been switching up lines much it doesn't look like too much but i mean what is it that's really been like kind of got you going right now
2: yeah i mean i've kind of played with everyone this year obviously right now i'm playing with uh luke mountain and josh waters and waters is great with his hands great addition the pocket and, and mountain me and him have had a lot of chemistry all year and i mean his uh you know, his resume speaks for itself. He's an unbelievable player, great leader, uh, great kid off the ice. And um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of played with everyone at this point. And uh, I think for me, it's just kind of, it's almost like, like last year, it was a whole new experience and being, being away from home. And it's not that you're anxious before every game or nervous, but you never really feel comfortable. Um, And I think this year, um, obviously I'm living with Jack Hillman uh, and he's, he's a great kid and he's made it feel welcoming. And so have my billets and everyone on the team really. So uh, I think before games, I'm just uh, really relaxed and, and it doesn't really feel like uh, I have to think too much about what I'm doing. I can kind of just go out there and play. And obviously it's, it's going well for me now. Um, but you just got to kind of stay even keeled. You know, you can't get too yeah. high. I, I've, I've <clears throat> definitely been in, in slumps and. Uh, it's, yeah. I was uh, going to ask you like, the opposite
0: go yeah, when you are in a slump, cause you've, you really haven't had any slumps this year. You went on a three-game, like, pointless streak, which I wouldn't really call a slump in the NHL. Like, Terrible. oh, I went three games without a point. Like, what? the fuck? Terrible. But uh, how do you get yourself out of those? Like, what do you do you Do do you anything different stick. in terms of, like, yeah, flush the stick, pregame preparation? How do you get yourself out of slumps? Is it, like, a psychic thing to you, or it's just, like, I just got to get pucks on net, create some opportunities, I, and get something going?
2: I, I don't know. I mean, like, last year when I got to Langley, I didn't put up numbers at all. I only had, like, right. three points. But – I was still on the first power play, you know, first PK, I was playing all the time because I was playing well. It wasn't, you're getting all the like, tertiary
0: assist, the ones that yeah, don't well, on the stat sheet, but
2: yeah, <laughs> I mean, a third I was, assist. exactly. I, I was hitting and I was hitting the post a lot. That's for sure. And uh, obviously I worked on my shot a lot this summer, but um, I mean, yeah, you just got to keep playing. Like I, I look at it and if you just look at the numbers, it's like, oh, he didn't do that well, but I look at the game and I was like, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't playing bad. And even at the time I yeah. was like, I'm doing all the right things. It's not like, um, yeah. uh, you know, a dash 12 right now. I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm playing, I'm playing well. It's just, it's just not going in for me. And, um, I mean, it, it definitely makes you appreciate it a little more when it is going in for you.
1: Right. Right. What is it? Crosby doesn't talk to his mom on game days. Yeah, just Like <laughs> some weird shit like that. Yeah. makes a peanut butter
0: sandwich. The exact same time. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: um, I mean, this is your, your first year in Maryland. You were already say you know, Baltimore, Annapolis, D.C., so you're kind of familiar with the area. But uh, did you realize how obsessed everyone is with the flag? Uh, like on a scale of – I mean, I think it is – It's literally your jersey. It's a top yeah. five. It's a top five state flag, I would say. But what are your, your thoughts, reactions? I mean, they they can be a little much, but
2: – Yeah, I mean – I see you're never... the, the hoodie, obviously. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, we – i love i love all the team gear we've gotten uh, i love our uniforms i think they're unbelievable but uh yeah i've never seen anything like it because i in massachusetts it's not like anyone's wearing the massachusetts flag around like you know they wear yeah, their sports yeah, teams yeah. and stuff but um it's it's definitely different but it's it's good colors uh i like it a lot and like going down to annapolis obviously crabs are huge here too it's always crabs yeah. with the maryland colors on it yeah. so yeah
0: Yep, that's yeah. That's you your weekends. Yeah. So last question I have here for you. It's a simple one. What are the expectations for the team this year? I mean, where do you boys see it? Well, I mean, when it all said and done where are the black bears going to be sitting, I mean, are you guys making
1: a trip to the Robbie?
0: Yeah. I, I
2: mean, honestly, like we have the team for it. Um, right. and, and, every, every, you know, a scout or, or anyone I've talked to has said the same thing. Um, it's just a matter of peaking at the right time. Um, you know, come may come June, obviously in juniors, it's whoever's hot, but I I think the biggest thing for us, like you said, we've been a little streaky, but I think in a series against any team, um, you know, with the skill we have and, and we do have some, some grit too. We have uh, some big boys who can hit. And I think, you know, honestly, the sky's the limit here, obviously when we get to the other divisions, um, it'll get interesting. I, I, we haven't played any of them. Obviously Aberdeen has one loss this year and that doesn't really happen by mistake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cause
1: there's they're, nothing they're to good. do in Aberdeen
2: besides <laughs> play hockey. I'm telling yeah. You. So, so, I mean, we'll see what happens when we get to, you know, Aberdeen COVID or not, start yeah. uh, teams like that. And um, it'll be interesting, but, you know, for sure, we have. Uh, you look at the group. I've been on groups where you look around and say, like, "Oh Christ!" Like, you we know, do We're looking at maybe a series right. or two,
1: but the then you, look, battle. you,
2: yeah. Like, I mean, even last year in Langley, like, we had a great team, but we were matched up against Coquitlam in the first round, and at the time, like, we believed we were going to win, obviously, and and we had beat them, beaten them before, but they had seven losses all year, and and it's you know, it's not that you think you're going to lose, but you go into a game and you're like. Christ almighty like I have to chase around Rizzo all night like that kid he, he's drafting he's going to Denver now he's yeah. <laughs> just not I'm like oh I'm going to be mashed up with him all night that'll be a treat so um but yeah I mean this year there's just a lot of confidence in the room like even even oh. when we lose it's it's not like we're going to play and we dropped that one against New Jersey but the next time we play yeah. New Jersey it's not like oh god we're playing these guys oh, it's remember
0: just, how that happened you know, like all right, go out do our thing we'll get the win get it right back yeah
2: exactly exactly and I think that's going to be huge come May um, obviously it's a long season this year ending in June. So, uh, it's just going to be getting hot at the right time, I think. And, um, you know, I think if we just keep playing the way we played last weekend and, and buying in and being on the same page, um, and that's huge for us because the skill is there on every single line. It's just, if we can all build the chemistry and get on the same page every night. Um, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of teams in our division that can hang around with us. And from, from what I've seen with other teams, you know, we have arguably the strongest division in the league. So um, we'll see how it goes.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, there it is. Hunter McCoy from the Maryland black bears, leading point getter, big weekend, big weekend guys. Like you said, eight point swing that you mentioned at the top of it. Uh, we'll recap it how it went. Cause it's going on Thursday and Friday. And we'll recap it right after this interview plays on Friday, but um, there you go, man. We love it. We'd love to see it. And best of luck. We'll be watching. Congrats on everything this year. Yeah, so we'll far. have
1: to get you back on before playoffs
0: here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Anytime.
0: All right. Thanks again to our guy Hunter McCoy for coming on. Good interview. Good times. Good chatting with him. He's a cool
1: dude. Yeah, um, it was an awesome time. Good stories. Uh I think best of luck with him, in Providence next year. Hopefully, um we'll make, we'll have to make a chirping trip once once things are open back up here and follow. Go see our boy Wilmer. Go see go see Wilmer here. in Boston. Go see McCoy up at Brown.
0: Um double brown interview episode. Like you said, we got Miles Gunty coming on still. But yeah, na- definitely a nails interview. Nails right there. Uh, with mccoy there so let's get into the usbhl real quick guys and then we'll go to miles and we'll end it with high school hockey um potomac patriots out of commission this weekend across the board elite and uh premier i'll do the generals here so three game series against carolina junior hurricanes first game uh that's a 5-4 ot win that's a way to start the weekend uh two points on the board shout out to nick bernstein attending the there. 42 shots against 38 saves uh compared to the 26 that his team was able to muster up on the other end, you got David Vaysburg. Uh, He had a three-point night, a goal and two assists. Jacob Burke, two goals. You'd love to see that. Starts the weekend off right. Then you get to Sunday. Continue it. Six nothing shack- shacking of the Carolina Junior game. Red out I know. Uh, Alex Cannon, Owen Knoll, Alex Dennis, Carter Jordan, David Faisberg again. Stay hot after that OT winner. And Matt Wood. But the thing that probably worries our guy RC like here is two games in a row, 40 plus shots against. Says Brett Tome. Uh, has a 41 safe shutout in game two there to get them four or four points on the weekend so far but yeah 40, 40 plus shots in two straight games i don't know
1: uh, you got you love having a stud goalie but you don't need to ride them every night right let's get that kid a break man
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they
1: kind of do the next night as brett takes that back to back he
0: gets 32 shots against uh only able to kick away 28 of those as the carolina junior hurricanes take The win of 43, giving the Richmond Generals a 2 1 weekend. Four out of six points. You'll
1: take it. You'll take take it. it. Moving over to Hampton and Charlotte last weekend, Saturday night. um, Hampton played Charlotte uh, 0 for 6, 0 for 2. Charlotte went 0 for on the power play. Hampton went 0 for on the power play, but that did not stop the Whalers from scoring three goals in the first period Kyle Watson, Alonzo Colburn, and Truman Hershey. No scoring in the second period. And then Jake Fleet starts it back up for Hampton uh charlotte does get one goal and then two more about a minute and a half apart for hampton with chris DeClaire and callan Daly. um we gotta fix that power play gotta fix that power play both teams yeah, going that over that was <laughs> if these stats are right no for nine
0: over nine in a game is a tough look
1: yeah i, I over six for charlotte and then over two but the game two we got we got a game ahead of ourselves so night two hampton goes over yeah. nine charlotte goes over six um i mean i'm sick of watching the cast power play i'm looking at bad power plays all over it looks like but uh short of a error on the usphl website we got to get those pps figured out boys uh phrasing phrasing the game in a game well i've just been recorded saying you got to fix your pps boys so that's great boys yeah all right game two charlotte two goals in the first two goals in the second that's all the scoring that it takes um 28 shots for Hampton so I mean they put up a good fight but uh Charlotte goes one and one Hampton one and one split on the weekend um let's get the special team sorted out yeah
0: that's so for 11 on the weekend's kind of a fucking issue I'd say Um, looking at these standings real quick it's the generals in third with 35 points uh five behind Carolina at 40 10 behind Charlotte at 45 but they got Hampton five points behind uh nipping at their heels at 30
1: points so let's kick it over to the elite side of things uh just two game weekends for hampton again they played charlotte back to back saturday night the whalers uh lost one to three um only goal coming from austin gibson Uh, i believe his defenseman so getting d-man on the board but uh 3-1 loss for hampton in game one um 0 for 5 on the power play Charlotte scores two, uh, one goal game there. So, game one down the drain. Is that a program they, issue? A power uh, play? I, ooh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Uh, Sunday, Hampton um, loses to Charlotte five to two. Um, this time, they got both their goals on special teams, at least two uh, two for six yep. on the power play. But coming up short, five two uh, goals for Hampton. Roads coming from Patrick Connolly, uh, Joe Shower. And a couple of apples for Braden Taylor and Colton Bruce. Um, so, oh, what do we have? I was looking at Pim's there. That was Pim's giving out extra credit. Uh, Assist from Patrick Connolly, Kyle Ball, and then two apples from Hunter Sinai. Sinai. Sin Sinai. Love it.
0: All right. And so kicking it over to the Richmond Generals again, a three game weekend for them Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'd almost rather have like a Friday night. Saturday, Sunday, but that's just me. I'm not the scheduler. Uh, they drop game one, two to one, to the Carolina Junior Hurricanes. Very low-scoring game, two goals in the first period, one in the second, nothing the rest of the game. Hogan Nelson, he stops 26 of 28 shots against, but like we said, Richmond falls there. Bounce-back game, though, that's why you play them, to get the day after. Generals, five, Carolina Junior Hurricanes, nothing. That's a, that's a bit of a shit-kicking right there. Cam, Cam, Camden, Camden. Sean Berger, Dominic Hollister, Luke Kangas, Justin Smith, and Cameron Williams all getting on the board for the Generals, and Hogan Nelson again, twenty-seven saves, shutout, riding that momentum into Monday. I assume he plays his third game of the weekend. Hogan Nelson, he stops twenty-four of twenty-eight again. But uh, the Carolina Junior Hurricanes get the better of the Gens, four to three in overtime. So one,
1: one, and one weekend. Yeah, Hollywood Hulk Hogan Nelson. What is it? Hogan down there? Hogan. Hogan Nelson, how you doing, brother? Hey, Hogan, hey, Hogan. Hey, brother. Yeah, keep stopping that buck there, Hogan. Uh, but that's it for the USPHL. Like
0: I said, the Peep Pats were out of business. So let's kick it over to our second interview here. Uh, Miles Gunthe, great interview, good kid to talk to, good head on the shoulders, junior at St. Albans this year. Uh, unfortunately, that MAPHL season is pretty much in the dust right now. but. You know, Team Maryland Key got to play a couple games with the Maryland Black Bears this year. Got to play a couple games with the Youngstown Phantoms and bright future ahead.
1: Bright future, young kid, committed. He's still got, what, four four years left of junior eligibility. So good for him. Uh, but awesome interview. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Now welcome on an awesome guest, Team
0: Maryland Ford. Since his U13 year and also skating for St. Albans in the MAPHL. Uh, newly committed to Brown University with Bobcat. We're gonna keep the Brown University theme going this episode. Miles Gunty, what's up, man? How you doing?
3: Doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: Love to see it. So we start, we'll start with the commitment here. Congrats, big time, on that. But uh, what all kind of went into that decision for you? What was the first contact made with the scout or anything like that? And what was it about Brown that really made you feel like that was the place that you want to spend your college career?
3: Yeah. So I've been in contact with a couple of schools. Brown really reached out um, middle of December. And after that, the recruiting process with them kind of took off. It was a, uh, it went pretty quickly. I think that, well, actually my brother goes to Brown. He plays lacrosse there. And so I, I've been very familiar with the school. So that I, helps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I went up there. I like when we were dropping him off, I saw the school. I loved the, I love Providence, love the idea of being in a, a city college. And so I, I think that that right off the bat I it made me really love the school in general um I know that the the hockey team is just a great program and like just an excellent team in general and um specifically with coach Smith who was the one who uh was really reaching out to me I think that what was really special about that experience with him is that he wasn't really just recruiting me as a hockey player but he was really want he really wanted to get to know me as a kid um which definitely means a lot um and so that just that in of itself really made it stand, made it stand out as a top school for me.
1: Yeah. So you said that your brother already goes to Brown. I mean, it sounds like the, the process was pretty quick. Like you just said, um, were there, was there a second place or a runner up or other places you were looking at or, um, with that, that quick of a turnaround was you're pretty dialed in on Brown.
3: Yeah. So I think that the main other two schools were RPI and Princeton, um, but. I really like
0: big brain schools, huh?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that with Brown, I mean, as I already said, I mean, it's a great, great school but academically. Uh, that was obviously very important to me. Um, and obviously the hockey speaks for itself. And so when he reached out, I think, I mean, I, I, he just moved quicker than the other coaches. And since I Brown was just such a strong candidate and I loved the place, I love the school. Um, once he made the offer, it was just a no brainer.
1: Yeah. Your parents don't have to get another bumper sticker.
3: Nope.
0: (laughs) Love it. So what we like to kind of do with the local guys is kind of start from the beginning and kind of go from there. So when did you first start playing? How'd you get into it? What was the first travel club that you played for here in the area?
3: Yeah. So my dad um, grew up in Maine and uh, obviously he hockey was pretty big for him uh, um, back there. He grew up watching the Black Bears. um, And so I think that he really wanted all of his kids to get involved with skating. And so my brother and my sister my sister's older than like in 21 or whatever and so she was the first one to get into it she hated it my brother loved it and got into instructional really quickly and um me i started skating around two. i really hated it i was terrible at it (laughs) and um then i saw my brother start up with instructional i was like hey i mean that looks kind of cool i'll try it again and so i got involved with instructional hockey specifically when i was about three and then i was over at Cabin John getting some lessons, like skating lessons um, with a coach out there. And um, mm-hmm. really, I've just been at Montgomery up until Pee Wee Minor when I was at Team Maryland. I Man, I was with Coach Keegan for four years, which um, yeah. was one of the greatest coaches I've had so far and definitely had an extreme impact on me as a player. And uh, yeah, so I was at Montgomery, um, Adams, Mites, and Squirts, and uh, switched over to TM. And that's where I've been.
1: So, uh, a CBHL alumni, I love having those guys on. Um, we talked about your elite prospects page before we jumped into it. Um, and you just said the same thing, but been playing with with uh, Team Maryland AAA for um, since your 13 year. Um, what what was the decision to go the jump there or take a try out there? Or was there someone or something? Buddies went there, coaches? Um, or you yeah. just, you know... Because you can play on the best,
0: up. like, Bantam double-A team you want, and it's a big step to kind of want to grow the nuts and just go be like, all right, I'm going to try for TM or Little Caps to get some triple-A in yeah. me. Are you, are you shredding up the
1: CBHL or... Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I think, like, I... My whole team, they, they all... Everyone just wanted to go play for TM. I mean, that, like, when you're that young and Team Maryland's just, like, where everyone goes, it's, like, all the best players play there. It has to be every kid's dream um, for Montgomery to play there. And my brother, he went to mug Mon- he was at montgomery then played for team maryland so i just wanted to follow in his footsteps and um i mean lucky enough i made that team and i mean that's just that's where it all started i think that the the way the program is set up that montgomery is really where all the younger guys go to like figure it out see if they really like hockey and right. then team Maryland is where they all like all the best guys come together and i think that that setup is just great
1: Oh, well, you're still uh young Fucking blue in your, devils in man. your hockey career. Um <laughs> I mean you're you're an 04 birth year. You made your commit already and you know you've only played what one one year of high school at this point. Um two years, right? Two, two years. years, two it, years, like this would be your junior year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you are getting the short end of the stick there. But um why'd you go to St. Albans? Was it, you know, your brother was already going there or um
3: yeah. You know, so I mean as you as you can already tell, a lot of my uh, a lot of my life has been driven by my brother. He was at St. Albans, um, switched there for his sophomore year, and uh, I mean, I really that was the only other school for high school that I was really thinking about. I, yeah. I where I went to middle school, there was not hockey there. I, I Public mean, I, school
0: might have had a team, and it probably wasn't that good.
3: It just, I mean, St. Albans is just like private school hockey is just a different league, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Itself. And so I I think that. Since my brother was there, he loved it. the The culture of the school is great. The all boys, it's just it was just a great fit. And I, yeah, I, I think that was really the only school I was looking at. Like I said, and I think that. Did any that, other schools show interest at all? Not really in DC. I it really gotcha. was only only looking at Saint Almonds.
0: Talk about Dan Ryan a bit. He's a good coach. Yeah. Like I said, I've I've coached in the kid. MAPHL for about four years now, and I love Dan. He's a great guy. But talk about him, his what he's meant to your development and kind of how he is as a coach.
3: I think that his biggest reputation and that's, it's definitely a true reputation is that he really like with any players skill or no skill, he's going to put them in a system where they can succeed and and have just the whole team will, will have success. I know that was a little redundant, but that's basically like, like no matter who is on his team, he's going to push them to work as hard as they can. And, and I mean, I think that's just the greatest thing for a coach. And I mean, I know before I got there and we're like a couple of years before, like, I know the O3s had a big class there with Evan Orloff and Ethan Nguyen, a couple of their TM guys. Um, before them, before that era, there were not the greatest skill guys there. And I think what he did with that program was just truly remarkable. And so when we got there, it, we, I think that, like, the Team Maryland guys just made it easier on him. And yeah, him as a coach just really... I mean, you guys have always been that way. You've always been that, like, team that where you – like, you,
0: you obviously have the skill guys now, but you've always been that team where it's just like, all right, we don't have the guy that's might, might going to lead the MAPHL in points. Like, we don't have that maybe, like, quote-unquote, Farrell Din or anything like that. But it's like, we have a steady team. We have a good team. And, like, last year, you guys had that insane goalie. Unfortunately, he was yeah. hurt for a while uh, mm-hmm. to start the season. But so good.
3: The biggest thing is that everyone just loves the guy, and so everyone buys into his system. Yeah, there's just, no, team. Ke- the team chemistry is just – like insane. And so there's just no issues on that team.
0: Uh, Talk about your first two seasons there, freshman and sophomore year, from a personal standpoint. I mean, the MAPHL is a big jump, man. I mean, you're, you go from playing travel. I mean, obviously you're going to play against a lot of the guys you play again or play with, with team Maryland and stuff like that. But if you're coming in as a freshman, you're looking at seniors that have been in this insanely good league for four years now. So talk about those first two years for you from a personal standpoint.
3: Yeah. So I think that definitely my first high school game was the biggest jump I would I think so far in my hockey career, I never really played in front of a crowd at all, especially a crowd where I knew everything there. Um, um, Like getting out on the ice and seeing all my boys in the stands, it's just, there's no feeling like it. That shit's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff. So fun. And so I think that, that, that's like, that was the biggest thing for me. I think I developed a lot individually as a lot, like uh, from freshman year to sophomore year, I got a little bit bigger. I got a little bit stronger, faster, so I think from a success standpoint, it, it it just went up from freshman year to sophomore year. But um, mainly it was just like go, like high school hockey is just unlike anything you'll ever play. Yeah. So I think that, that yeah. would like just having those big crowds and playing with the guys you're at school with is just so different. So that was the biggest thing.
0: Uh, kind of speaking about big crowds real quick, what's the toughest uh, road game you think you play? Like to you, what have you, what's the toughest one you faced so far in like a big Friday night game? Obviously, if you go to, um, if you come up to O'Connell and Arlington on a Friday night, they're jumping. Uh, They can pack Fort DuPont down there. Uh, If you're anywhere at Rockville, St. John's can pack house. Uh, Landon can pack house. What's the toughest one that you've played in so far on the road?
3: There's a bunch. Like, I I mean, I I think that. It's unfortunate. So, my freshman year, we were home at, at Fort DuPont, which so we didn't get as many or for a versus O'Connell, I mean, so we didn't get like as many right. stands as we would. So, when we played them sophomore year, I was actually injured for that game. So, I was mm-hmm. in the stands. And I mean, even just being in the stands at that game, it was still pretty crazy, but definitely the biggest game with the biggest crowd was uh, sophomore year against Landon at Rockville, mm-hmm. like, too. I mean, that was that was just ridiculous. There were so many people there, and they were all like, Landon fans our fans they were all packed into those stands and I mean it was it was just crazy it was the loudest game I've ever been a part of gets
1: the juices flowing a bit (laughs) so uh I mean talking about hopefully next year things are back to normal say we're playing normal hockey it's going to be your senior year um I mean are you planning on playing your senior year or are you going to play um juniors or what's that looking like are we going to see a big St. Albans team next year a lot of guys coming back or what's that looking like are we kind of up in the air
3: yeah so I I've my whole philosophy is I'm just taking it one year at a time just to see where I'm at okay. every year. So if I happen to, I, I hopefully I'm going to go to the black bears camp and the phantoms camp. And if I make either of those teams and that's great. Um, if not, then all, my plan is obviously right now to play 18 U. So again, I'm just taking it one year at a time, but, um, hopefully regardless, I'll try and play for St. Albans. Um, I mean, it's just, it's so fun. Like I would have to like, got to do anything to play high school hockey here and then at PHL, um, the yeah. our team for next year, I should be great. I mean, this year I, it's a bummer. I think that we could have won the IAC and the MAPHL this year. Um, so obviously things are just looking up. So, so you, Do you like you,
0: your Jersey you, sustain album. Sorry to jump in Bob. I mean, cause all, it's just right? a school crest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm not trying to dog them at all. Cause I oh, yeah, yeah. but it's just like, it's just a school crest. Like, come, I mean, what's your like technical logo. You're the, the bulldogs, maybe we're the
3: bulldogs. Yeah. We're the bulldogs. So
0: you wouldn't hate like a nice big baby bulldog kind of logo get created something like that.
3: I mean, what they what they lack in flair, we our students actually bring a grit, out. baby. We are we, we got our we got our bulldog mascot that shows up to most it. of the games, and so I think that that I mean, I, you're right. It's just it's a little boring, just a little school crest. But I mean, hey, school <laughs> crest is, is is a little bit cool. We got That's our, what you play our, for,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you're going to be going to Maryland's camp, hopefully, and, and Youngstown's camp. Um, what were those jumps of play like, or was there much of a jump for you playing uh, A and and high school going to tier two and tier one?
3: I mean, definitely, like, there was a massive jump for, I mean, like, for the Phantoms. I mean, there were NHL guys, like NHL uh, draft picks out there on the ice. I mean, obviously, that's a massive yeah. jump. Um, so I think that I mean, I was fortunate enough that this summer I was able to train. I know I listened to your interview with Bryce. I was out on some of those skates Love that he was talking about. Um, so I think that that really helped me prepare for the two camps, like just being out there with the higher level guys. And um, I, yeah, I mean, the hockey there, it's just, it's just moved so fast that you, you really, you can't really prepare for it. You just have to go in and then get used to it. It's just all with experience, in my opinion.
0: Love it. So you think you played well enough in those two games for either side that you're going to get an extra looking camp, maybe? Hopefully, put hopefully. that Black yeah. Bears jersey on. Or has
1: the has the tender process started? Or are you are you safe from the draft? Or what what does that look like? Are you affiliated since you played games?
3: Uh, I'm affiliated, but I I still technically could get for the Black Bears at least. I still could get drafted by a different team, so that's that's still up in the air.
0: Love it. And how much of a say does like kind of Brown have now? Um, in these situations, whereas like you're officially commit, I don't think you're going to be eligible to play there until what, 2023, 2024, maybe, but I'm like, how much of a say do they have? So maybe you make both teams. So maybe Youngstown's, but like, we want you on this team and uh, the black bears are also like, we want you on this team. Does Brown step in at that situation and be like, or maybe urge you one way or the other, depending
3: Yeah. I mean, so what I talked about with him is that uh, I'll definitely take a year after and hopefully play for the Phantoms or the Black Bears and one of those in that year afterwards. And um, yeah, obviously two years of juniors is, is the goal and to definitely help me get prepared for college. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, there he is, guys. I mean, we're wishing you all the best, man. We're wishing you all the best in this, and uh, we're going to be keeping track of you, whether it's St. Albans next year, the Black Bears next year, the Phantoms next year, you name it, and then eventually on the Brown University to start your NCAA career. So we appreciate you coming on, man, and taking the time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Another academic weapon back-to-back.
0: Another another academic weapon. This is a big brain hockey show, guys. All these Ivy school kids are just (laughs) ready to go get their learn on. All right, thanks again to Miles Gunthy for coming on. Great interview. Like we said, big brand episode. Two brown guys, two Ivy Leaguers. Something, something, something must be going on up there where they're, they're attracting these DMV kids.
1: Well, by the transitive property, we're now more intelligent for speaking to those two gentlemen. So thank you both. And, well, and you're now
0: intelligent for listening to both of those two gentlemen.
1: Again, transitive property. So everyone's you're everyone's welcome. making out here. You're um, welcome. <laughs> so we got Capital's Classic Hockey League. Since we talked last, there was only one game. And was that Ireton's first game, Billman? It's like It was like their first
0: or second, something like that. It's, they're the Bishop Byerton Hockey Club right now, not the WCAC Bishop Ireton team. Oh,
1: my apologies. So the Bishop <laughs> Ireton Hockey Club played uh, Washington Liberty. Um, four to six loss for Bishop Byerton. Um, But, you know, it's good to see that they are skating and are having a season. So um, we don't know really what to expect from them yet. What are you thinking about that?
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, they, they got to get on the board. There's not a lot of games left um here in this cshl season maybe one or two per team uh looks like but this is the last big friday night there's two left sorry this weekend and next weekend are the last two big friday nights looking at this park yeah forest park hilton at two and four versus robinson one and five you can kind of throw that one away you know what it is what it is west springfield four and three at lake braddock fairfax who's one four and one you got tc williams that's a big one they need to win they need to stay relevant they need to stay up top in these standings because they're four and two they're traveling to hayfield uh, who's two and four Ireton. Again, they're, they're taking on West Poe. Our coach,
1: our guy, coach Brian. Yeah. Coach McCullough. I mean, he was even talking about him. We don't really know what to expect from him this year, but those West Poe guys, they they should be dialed in. They've all been playing club hockey after two weeks off of high school. So that should be a good one. I don't think the the standings necessarily reflect how that game's yeah. going to go. Yeah. So standings are still pretty much those top three teams in the North
0: with West Poe at seven and 0 and 14 points. And then, you have Washington Liberty and T.C. Williams both at five and two and ten points each. So Washington Liberty going to W.T. Woodson, T.C. Williams going to Hayfield, two road games. Not that it really means much uh, in our current situation now, but uh, there it is for your CSHL roundup. So we'll kick it over and we'll go to the MSHL now. All right, so looking into the MSHL last Friday, a couple games. Winston Churchill, the 700-time state champion, 562-time runner-up state champion, champions. Maybe Walter Johnson nine to two to kick that Friday off. They were supposed to play the math. It looks like obviously that got canceled because um, you can't be doing that stuff if you're a private school for some reason. So Churchill gets off to a one two three four five nothing first period lead, and that's a hat trick by Josh Panetti in the first period. Shorty even even.
1: thanks
3: <laughs>
0: I mean that'll will that'll, that'll get your team going. Um, the other game that night, Wooten, they lose to Bethesda Chevy Chase 5-2, to two, um, and then to kick it over kind of through the week, Monday the 18th, there's two games. Walt Whitman, they go down 1-12 to, to Wooten, Bethesda Chevy Chase gets another win, at four points, and two games for them Friday, Monday, they bounce back, they beat the Cadets Hockey Club, Joe Lacourt talked about them a bit back in the um, the interview with him a couple episodes back, um, and then Wednesday, you had Mary's Ranch 10-0 over Mount Hebron, the Wolves 13-2 over the Swamp Kings in Glen Elk staying hot. Ten to one.
1: 10 to I gotta one ask, real. who are the Swamp Kings? I don't know. That's an awesome name. Can we get some <laughs> Swamp Kings gear?
0: Who? Yeah, if you're out there and you have any affiliation with that Swamp team, Swamp Kings team, send us some shit. Like, let was, us like, know. This high school is the Swamp Kings.
1: Yeah, we, we let's get a Swamp King. Let's get the the captain of the Swamp Kings on here. Ooh, oh, I mean the Swamp King himself. Could you imagine a Letterman jacket with a, a Swamp King logo on it?
0: Oh, that would be so
1: lit. Um, oh so
0: Going back to that Glennell
1: game, we talked, about,
0: the- we talked about Winston Churchill getting off to that five-nothing first period. We got Glennell getting off to a three, six, seven-nothing first period, and then, then not scoring in the second at all. And they've been on cruise control
1: more. all year, it looks like, man.
0: Yeah, they're just, I mean, if you're looking at these standings, they're 10 and 0 atop that Howard still. Uh, the Swamp Kings, fuck, they're in third. Nine yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Points. We
1: we got to be talking about the Swamp Kings a little bit more.
0: All right, so we're officially on the Swamp Kings bandwagon. What are they playing next? Let's see, this Friday. Tonight, guys, as you're listening, Oakdale 6-0 undefeated, going to Urbana. Middletown at Carroll County, Bethesda Chevy Chase at Frederick County, and Winston Churchill at South River. So that's kind of a, that's a Montgomery versus a Eastern school there. That's kind of a bit of a mix-up. So Winston Churchill going all the way to Easton. Fuck,
1: do you remember that drive? Dude, Terrible. the drive from Bowie to Easton sucked. <laughs> drive from anywhere to Easton sucked. Yeah, I don't want to cross the bridge. Whatever. You get over there. Well, I mean, they built – when we were playing there, dude, they literally had uh, trailers for locker rooms in the parking lot. Like, yeah. you had to walk in and out while that rink was getting built. But, man, yeah. Glenelg. Glenelg. that's just – Yeah, Elk's just shit-kicking everybody. We love Glenel. I mean, great guys over there.
0: I, do I love them? No, because they beat me in the state semifinals way back in the day. We got Tommy Tracy on last year. Uh, great kid, great team. Uh, then third place team though. Let's take. Let's dive into the swamp. Kings no, area. it's
1: reservoir.
0: Swamp Kings are.
1: Yeah. And they just, They're they the just, Gators. That's probably their club name because the the reservoir Gators.
0: No way. So they start the season three and zero. We're sorry, guys. We're going off path here, but we're big Swamp Kings guys now. Big Swamp uh, Kings guys. Nine, 9 eight Luke 10, 5, and nine 5. They started three and zero, lost two. So they started three and two, got another win. They're on ah, they only got one game left first River Hill.
1: Oh, let's pump got, it up. Let's let's pump it got, up for the Swamp they Kings. They got here. pumped
0: by Glenelg. They got pumped by the Wolves. Not good. They've lost 8-0, and then 1-10-4, and then lost 2-13 in the last three games. So like a little inconsistent, but our our guy Luke Rubin with 21 points in six games. I'm all, all aboard the Nick Rubin train. Give me another yeah. nine jersey.
1: Yeah, let's go. Swamp Kings. Swamp Kings for life. And then let's end it here, guys. Let's kick it to the NVSHL. Okay. All right, so moving on here, uh, talking about NVSHL from the fifteenth last week. We had Battlefield taking down Falk here, ten to one, mm-hmm. Madison losing to Oakton six to two, Loudon slash Freedom, yeah six to nine loss to Dominion slash Potomac Falls, Kettle Run. Beats Yorkton 6-5 to five in a nail-biter. And then Broad Run 10-rip uh, against Independence last week. Do you look at that
0: Yorktown game, 2 nothing Yorktown in the first period, Kettle Run scores two in the second, and Yorktown ends the second with two to make it a 4-2 game. They go to the third period, and Kettle Run rips off one, two, three, four goals. A minute apart each? No, that can't be right. Every, every time stamp of that game is 8-11, 9-11, 6-11, 7-11. So unless they were dime-pointed, but still it. Four straight goals by Kettle Brown to win that game.
1: Uh, yeah, unless the the time, I, I'm gonna stay optimistic and just think that it was like a scorigami. You know, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen. This hasn't happened in NHL history. Yeah. So, what are the standings looking like after uh, last uh, week?
0: So let's look at the Norris Division first. We got Riverside first with 11 points. Uh, they have one more game played than everybody else, but they have a five point lead on Independence. Is Riverside in action tonight at
1: all? Yeah, Riverside's playing uh, Light Ridge. Uh, um, Light, Ridge. Light okay. Ridge, uh, Ashburn Icehouse to 920 tonight. There it is, and then kicking it to the Smite division a little tighter here.
0: So it's seven games played a piece. Briarwoods at 13 points, they're 6 0 and 1. Broad Run at 12 points, Stonebridge at 11 points. So, what are we looking at with for Briarwoods, Broad Run or Stonebridge tonight? Well,
1: Briarwoods and Stonebridge are playing each other 740. Oh, shit. That's the primetime slot, 740 tonight um so briarwood stonebridge facing off and then we had um who are you asking broad run second place. broad run oh yeah broad run they are playing let's see here are they playing maybe not i don't think they are playing no we got briarwood stonebridge mclean faulk here pvi loudon uh loudon independence madison battlefield and then riverside battlefield there
0: first place in in the patrick this is another tight one so, battlefield game in hand of everybody. They got seven. While Kettle Run and Yorktown have eight each. Battlefield thirteen points. They're six 6 one. Kettle Run Dash Liberties at thirteen points. In Yorktown, twelve points. So one point separates three teams there in that Patrick division. And then ending it up here in the Adams, it's you got McLean. This is the this is the division we keep talking about. This is the the first place teams four and three at eight points in McLean. Madison three three and one at seven points in Langley. Uh, state champs from a couple years back. They're three and four with six points, but that's it. Guys, that's high school hockey for you in a nutshell. Um, big games tonight. Probably the
1: biggest one
0: we said we would say is that Briarwood-Stonebridge game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think. Like across, said, across the
0: board, I think. Yeah.
1: That's, hey, they gave them the primetime slot for a reason.
0: MSHL, NBSHL, you fucking name it. Um, like oh, you said that, earlier,
1: that, unless the Swamp Kings are playing. Unless the Swamp Kings are playing, but yeah,
0: like you said earlier too, no MAPHL is here. It sucks because that's that's fun to talk about those big games and tracking that that league and seeing who's going where. But yeah, uh, the only thing I got left to say here is
1: go Swamp Kings. What about you, Bob? Go Swamp Kings. Um, I also I'd be interested to entertain some fan theories here on their uh who the okay. snitch was, who the snitch was, what yeah. what's going on, what like how the caps back to get the start on. of the caps. Yeah, how, how are we get knocked on and why.
0: Aren't we contract tracing back to Sydney Crosby and the Penguins?
1: Yeah, so I think my boy Ben pointed out a suspicious character named uh, Glane Wetsky. Uh, Wetsky. I think yeah. Glane Wetsky. I think he narked on Ovi. So Ben's Canadian. I trust him. They're trustworthy people. So it's, I'm it's going with whole,
0: that. It's the, it's the happy Gilmore, the ninth,
1: the ninth and nine. Oh, yeah, trick. the old ninth and nine trick. Perhaps yeah, it's the meeting room
0: 204 at 740,
1: and then he's yeah. in the
0: fucking – he's snapping a pick. Yeah, I'm blaming Rob Manfred still, though. It's the MLB. Suck that MLB. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go win your game.
1: And go Swamp Kings. And go Swamp Kings.